Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies from design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting. We bring you insights from industry leaders and experts hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert, your host, and today we're going to be talking about SMS text messages as they relate to e-commerce. For years, there have been some brands that have really done a great job of using SMS as a communication channel with with shoppers as well as as a marketing channel. And we're going to dive in a little bit to understand how that's been evolving and even why some brands are choosing SMS as a primary method of communicating with shoppers as opposed to more traditional channels like email. So uh, with no further ado, we've got a, a great guest, guest with us today. We have Rev from the Voyage team that specializes in SMS. Rev, would you do the honor of introducing yourself? Yes. And thank you so much for having me, Robert, today. Very excited to be on the podcast. My name is Rev Reddy. I am the current CEO of Voyage SMS. We provide a full stack, flexible SMS marketing platform for leading e-commerce brands to engage their customers. And uh, just a little bit about my background. So I was born in Brenton, Texas, uh, went to Wharton, as well as worked at McKinsey for a year, but quickly found myself obsessed with startups and entrepreneurship. So took the skills and figured out or tried to figure out how to build products at scale. Uh, definitely had my share fair of failures as well as successes, but um, learned a lot about products in particular. And so I actually joined Voyage uh, when we had a handful of clients and worked very closely with the what I call the OG founder, Corey Epstein. He was an ex-marketer at uh, Distilled, which was a direct-to-consumer company. He was actually a co-founder of that. And what he saw uh, early on in uh, 2016-2017 was that SMS was going to be a predominant channel by which e-commerce brands could engage customers. That vision really sold me on where we could build a scalable platform for these brands that was both turnkey and powerful uh, to do so. Um, so joined in 2019 and fast forward to today, and we're uh, you know, a much larger team and serving hundreds of brands now uh, in the e-commerce space. Wow. And you know, I- I'm going to take you back to the early days. Uh, I always love to ask, how did Voyage get its name? Is there a good story behind the name? There, there is a good story and it's very relevant. So Voyage is actually, not only does it sound cool, of course, uh, we, we jokingly are actually now trying to use the term Voyage Voyage, uh, which is really relevant because Voyage is basically a proxy for the customer journey. And what's so powerful about our platform is we really think about, okay, where is the customer in their journey and when is the right time and how is it appropriate for a brand to engage that customer in their journey? Uh, so that would, that's really what Voyage is. It's you know addressing the whole continuum of where the customer is, uh, whether that's top of funnel, whether that's in the intent phase, if they're you know browsing the site, whether they're making the purchase and post purchase. So we believe there's a really powerful word that kind of captures the essence of um, how a brand should think about engaging with their customer. That's interesting, and you know traditionally I've thought of email in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, you've got your transactional emails in e-commerce, the, your order is shipped or, you know, here's your receipt kind of messages. Uh, you think of the marketing emails that you get, letting shoppers know about upcoming sales, new products. 
uh, just general communications about you know content that the brand wants to share that that uh, might be valuable to shoppers. But you also have one-on-one communications happening through email for customer service and a variety of different things. Where do you find the text that SMS really fits in in this market? Is it a replacement for all other channels or is it really strong for sort of, you know, one or two areas of communication with shoppers? Yeah, that's no, it's a great question. I think there's probably varying visions and philosophies on where SMS fits into the digital marketing stack. We fundamentally believe for most brands, SMS can be used really across the whole journey and across these different kinds of messages, as you called it. So whether that's your one-time marketing campaigns, announcing a product launch or promoting a sale or doing your high intent drip. So if someone browses a site and you want to do a brand browse abandoned SMS message or if someone left something in their cart, an abandoned cart SMS on top of the transactional uh, messages that you talked about, like order shipped, order delivered. What we're seeing is just SMS is so effective in reaching the customer because it is this real-time channel. And then the second part, which you alluded to, is yes, you can use email in these customer service ways, but what better than a very real-time channel that's synchronous and two-way in SMS, where we have integrations with you know our customer service platforms that you can create a ticket and have this whole conversation where you may have clicked on a link where you left something in your cart, and on that same text phone number thread you can ask a customer service agent where my order is. So this unified experience is very strong. Uh, to, to answer your question about you know, replacement, I think to some extent, it, it can substitute um, email. And that's where really allowing the customer sometimes to give a preference on whether they want to hear via email or SMS uh, is sometimes the right answer. Uh, but we do believe that it's complementary. And there's still, you know, there still is a space for email. Um, there's a lot of dynamics about you know the cost structure and the intent of email versus SMS that we can get into, uh, but we also believe that there are some brands that could pretty much conduct their whole marketing program over SMS as well. Uh, so it depends on the context, uh, depends on kind of what the brand experience is desired from the brand itself. Uh, but we have that flexibility to kind of work uh, through those dynamic conditions. Interesting, and look, you know, I, I can think of years and years ago in my agency days. When I first saw SMS as a communication channel from an agency perspective that we could batch and blast out, you know, yeah. we could, you know, okay, it's, it's Friday, the after, you know, the weekend is, is coming, um, you know, you want to let folks know about some special at this restaurant or, you know, whatever's going on, you know, it's time to register your kids for this, you know, this program at, at this, whatever it might have been, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, at, at uh, Little League or something that, you know, that, that there were no shortage of opportunities to engage in that kind of a, let's just send one big grouping of messages out to, to one large list. When did this become more manageable in the e-commerce sphere where you could really do more with it? Because obviously, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm going to ask you a lot about, um, you know, just how to do this right not to upset shoppers, not to annoy them, because I, I almost want to think that SMS is its still up on a pedestal. That's the place that people still don't want to be annoyed. They'll ignore things in their inbox. And, you know, that's not necessarily beeping or alerting at them all day long. But 
text is still sacrosanct. <laughs> we, don't, like, we don't mess with it too badly. So when did the technology get to the point that merchants could really do this right? Yeah. And therein lies the opportunity. What you, what you said is text is absolutely sacrosanct. We, we call it a sacred intimate channel. So therefore, your SMS program should not fully mirror your email program where the you know, marginal cost of reaching a customer. And really, when I say marginal cost, there's two costs. There's one is the economic cost. So literally sending a blast to, let's say, you have a list of 100,000 subscribers, it's going to effectively cost more than sending an email out to 100,000 subscribers, but also the relationship cost. So upsetting a customer by sending them a text every day. I really can't think of one client where it makes sense for them to send a text every day maybe a few times a week, but even then, the few times a week, segmentation is so important in this space. And you know, similar to segmentation in email, segmentation exists in SMS. And to answer your question about when it became, I would say, uh, possible or, or a little bit more accessible to the e-commerce brand uh, is probably with this two things. One, an increasing shift to mobile behavior where the flow just made sense. So... You know, a big thing we address is list building. How do you build your list in a compliant way quickly and at scale so that you can effectively reach these customers? And unlike email, for SMS, you need very explicit opt-in uh, with strict compliance requirements. This kind of works itself out, though, when you think about it, because effectively, only the customers that want to hear from text will get heard by through text because you can't just text a phone number um, the same way when you, you know, strike your credit card Swipe your credit card in a square machine, you may get an email. Uh, with SMS, you have this explicit opt-in. But I think the shift to mobile has created, when you just look at this opt-in flow, if you're clicking in modal, it pre-populates into text, and then you're signed up for SMS in about five seconds without having to type in your email. That's what's been so strong at the e-commerce buying flow. And then now we have some clients where 80% of their traffic is mobile. So this wow. whole flow of interacting with you know this app on your phone that's universal, independent of... Android or Apple, no gatekeeper. That's what's really pushed the trend towards SMS. Um, we'll love, you know, segmentation is going to be a big theme. I'm sure we're going to talk about it more in this podcast, but that's really where we see the value proposition is how do you not tax your subscriber base? And when we talk to the CMOs of large D2C brands, they're aware that text is performing, yet we still only see, we're still relatively in early days with SMS and e commerce because we think maybe 35 to 40% only of brands have adopted SMS yet. We believe the number will be 95 to 99%. But what we hear is this nervousness about how do we not you know, spam our customers and tax them. And we believe segmentation and personalization is the answer to those. That's interesting. So basically, if you don't want a bunch of angry tweets about why are you, <laughs> why are you texting me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Segmentation automation. All right. That that makes sense. And I really think that that's what's elevated a lot of the other channels like, uh, you know, whether it's email or push notifications or or other things, you know, it, even even direct mail in some cases where, yeah. you know, I've seen some e-commerce brands get back into that and really use their data properly for it, uh, you know, where they may not be showing up in your inbox, uh, your physical <laughs> mailbox every week. But when they do, it makes sense. And you know, there's something to be said for that. Uh, so, you know, we've touched on a little bit about why you were excited to get into this space 
you know, are is there a lot of competition? I know that there are some platforms that really look at providing maybe more of an omni-channel flow that they have a variety of channels that you can, you know, you can schedule uh, communications through, etc. Are, are there a lot of platforms that are going to handle the transactional messages, like letting you know that 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 product is sitting on your doorstep <laughs> and it's been delivered, uh, and you know the, the messages that you want to receive in a timely fashion that that are going to handle the different types of communication that Voyage does, or did you find that the market was still pretty thin on that? There's definitely a lot of players in the general marketing technology space. And what I would say is a lot of these players were built in a desktop first era. Um, one of our advantages is we came to market um, still relatively early on where we've gotten the benefit of learning along the way, but we were built in a mobile first era. So without getting too off track, while we're focused on SMS today, our broader vision is actually message commerce. And that's a key part, part of your mobile strategy. We're fo- focused on SMS just because it's working so well and you can reach customers. But uh, we don't think of SMS as a feature. We think of it as a core part of your mobile strategy to engage customers and drive revenue. And with this becomes this pressure, um, and it's part of our DNA, to be the most innovative player in the room. And that's where you stand out, is treating SMS not like email and not just leveraging the email functionality towards SMS, which there are players that do that and they do have efficacy on kind of their segmentation engine and such, but where they may be lacking and what we're strong at is pushing the boundaries of how a customer can actually engage with the brand. So things like conversational commerce at scale, it's a buzzword that's been around for a long time, but really achieving that enterprise is tough. And we believe we're building a solution that's not only creating uh, conversions that would otherwise be lost, but creating insane amounts of customer delight. You know, plugging back into that brand experience. And by focusing solely on this mobile first channel, we're able to unleash kind of these new functionalities and features that the market really hasn't seen quite yet. Uh, that's coinciding with how consumer behavior is shifting towards this mobile first environment. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, you're absolutely right that I've been hearing about conversational commerce for years and uh, you know, a lot of homes now have some kind of a device that they can talk to, <laughs> whether it's, you know, Alexa or Google or Siri, or uh, I'm setting off everybody's smart devices right now on purpose. That's, that's you know, part of the segment today, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, or Cortana or I don't know, whatever else has been developed. Right. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I, I think that some of those things are, depending on the user, are more niche where something like SMS is more constant. Um, that, you know, there are probably a handful of things that I would ask some kind of a smart speaker or smart device on any given day. Um, I'm not necessarily doing a ton of my shopping through it. I know that there are, you know, there are some shoppers that use it pretty religiously, but I, I don't think that's become a primary channel for most brands. Uh, nor do I th- personally think it will be in the next few years. Text messages, on the other hand, <laughs> um, are pretty interesting. At, at, at its core, I think I mean, one of the reasons that I like the whole concept uh, of SMS as part of this has to do with open rates. If I told you the percentage of emails that I don't open <laughs> on a daily basis, it's pretty darn high at this point. Uh, yep. And I think we all have m- probably more than one 
email address just so that, you know, when we're almost, you know, forced to sign up for something, uh, that we can have it dumped somewhere that we're not looking at all day long, that maybe we check once a day or at some other more relevant interval. What kind of an open rate do you anticipate when it comes to SMS? That, that's what really the key opportunity we saw a few years ago was, was these declining open and click-through rates with email where you know, maybe you would get a 15% open rate and then 1% to 3% click-through rate in that email. Um, SMS, effectively 99% open rate. Now, there is some stuff around deliverability uh, that actually makes having an expert in SMS really beneficial because it's a lot more complex on the back end, uh, arguably. Uh, than email in some cases. But virtually when you send an SMS, you almost know with a guarantee that that person's going to read it. The click-through rates, even with that, uh, can be anywhere from 20 to 50%. Um, it can be up to 80% if you're using segmentation well. Uh, I can tell you a little story of a brand um, on our platform that was launching a Star Wars uh, product line. And they use keyword segmentation very well, very specific to SMS. So think text Star Wars to 71023, and you'll be the first to hear about this product line. We're not going to tell you when it's going to drop, but you know, you'll be the first to hear. So publish that both you know, offline, whether it's on packaging, as well as online on their website, text keyword, and an email text keyword to 71023. Had a very segmented list, sent out that campaign, 85% click-through rate, 40% conversion. ROAS is 500x. And that kind of playbook, that you get with SMS is really not replicable on other channels. Uh, yes, it's more expensive on a per unit cost, but when you see that RIS, any marketer is kind of very delighted to see this kind of, that kind of performance. Yeah, if you're going to have that kind of return on ad spend, I mean, it costs a business, right? You, know, to, you have to spend money to make money. That <laughs> right, right. You have to choose effectively. Uh, I, I'm sure it also, in some cases, has to do with uh, who the audience is. I mean, Star Wars fans, those are diehard fans that, yeah. that, that are known to wait in line uh, for many, many things. And, and that's, uh, that's probably a really good use case. Do you find that some of it is generational, that it has to do with different demographics like age or uh, things of that nature, that, um, that younger shoppers do better with, uh, with this form of communication and, and marketing and such? Or are there other breakdowns that you've seen in the data over time? I think that's what's been actually so fascinating or what is so fascinating about the uh, SMS channel. It's fairly uh, demographic agnostic. In fact, I would argue, and when you look at the data, this proves it, um, older quote-unquote shoppers, uh, let's say in the, even 60, you know, up to 65 years old, know how to use SMS probably more than email. It's very intuitive. Uh, the actions are less, right? It's reply and click and send. Uh, so it's very effective that way. That said, as we think about the shift to mobile as well, I think that's what's so exciting about message commerce in general. Um, we think about social media. You know, I personally, this is my my little guilty pleasure, but I spend about thirty minutes on TikTok a day when I'm trying to find out from the day. Um, these channels are obviously where Gen Z is living, and uh, when you think about SMS, it actually integrates very well with these ecosystems. So, for example, we have a feature called Instagram Swipe Up, where you can convert a portion of your Instagram audience in, into SMS subscribers. Uh, and the advantage of that is, yes, Instagram has its own shopping tools where you're buying at the time of discovery. You may not be ready to purchase at that time. 
if you can convert someone to an SMS subscriber, I think we're working on this data. It's something that I'm very passionate about, but I believe that the LTV of an SMS subscriber versus an email subscriber or even an Instagram follower is massively higher than any other channel. So you have this kind of uh, engaged customer that will hear about future product updates in real time. And that's the other aspect of the Gen Z culture. It's product drops. You know, the, We've seen this before with Supreme doing it so well. It's, we're going to release it at midnight and it's going to go stock out in five minutes. Perfect channel SMS. Universal. You don't have to be in the app. You're going to get the text and click to buy. You're done in one or two steps. Sure. And you know, a lot of great online retailers, you know, whether it's sneakers or comic books or, you know, uh, things that tie to events and what have it. There's, I mean, Black Friday and Cyber Monday and, you know, and that whole time of year, uh, knowing when, you know, when's that new, whatever it may, you know, game console, that new PlayStation becoming available or this or that getting in stock. You really want to get that message in a way that you're going to see it. You're going to be able to react to it. Um, I I think that there are those cases where people would prefer that, you know, and even even some of the shipping companies like UPS now gives me the option. Do I want a an email or a text message giving me updates on where that package is? You know, they know I want to know. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I don't want to. I'm not so, you know, so crazy about every single package. But I don't know. Maybe that new computer that's on the way. uh, That's something I'm tracking. Uh, So, you know, these are things that are becoming more and more important um, to be able to, you know, be competitive and keep up. Uh, Would you say that the number one reason that merchants haven't been leveraging SMS to its fullest in the past is mainly out of fear that they weren't sure that they could do it in a way that wouldn't upset shoppers? Or is it, is it the additional expense or, you know, the, maybe, you know, that, that they didn't have the right resource that they already felt overwhelmed with email? Um, what is it that that's stopping them? And, you know, is there sort of that, that entry level where if they've got X amount of online revenue already or X amount of customers or orders or something that they should really be thinking about it, that they should at least be evaluating it and understanding where does it fall in in their roadmap as a company? I think you answered your own question perfectly. It's definitely all three of those reasons. Uh, so if we were to summarize, one, it's the additional just kind of Uh, friction on launching a new channel. It feels overwhelming. You need resources to launch a new channel. Um, Two, it's just the cost. You know, there's this... And I think when you look at it on an ROAS perspective, that answers itself. But in general, you have this marginal cost of delivery. Even if, you know, platforms like Voyage and others, uh, we don't... We obviously have our our margin in our service. But even if you were to work directly with AT&T, which very few... Actually, no companies do. They usually go through a CPAS like Twilio. Um, then there's going to be carriers charging fees for it, and we're in an oligopoly, of course, of carriers, and so that you can't you can't scale that away. And so there's always going to be a marginal cost to SMS, unlike email that is you know on the web. Um, so that is definitely number two, and then number three is the spam uh, thing that we talked about before. And I think it's our part part of our job as you know an SMS platform to educate the market that. There are actually very strong ways that you can engage your customer base and they want to hear from you this way. Uh, 
assuming that you use segmentation the right way, assuming that you use personalization the right way and conversational the right way. Uh, so I think it's probably historical things that uh, we can are definitely addressable. I would also argue that I would very few brands could not not benefit from SMS if I said that the right way. But basically, every brand can use SMS in some way. And maybe that some brands are focused on a specific component or use case a little bit more. So for example, a small AOV brand, um, maybe you know, small F&B where the AOV is kind of low, uh, you're still going to get your ROAS on drips. So like a high intent add to cart, uh, the ROAS is going to work because you already have intent on that customer. Uh, so that may be the... You know, primary focus of that SMS program. Well, and high you AOV. Hope, yeah, you, you hope yeah. if they have a, a low AOV, a low average order value, that they're those shoppers are going to be repeat shoppers because otherwise it's tough to stay in business if you're you know selling ten twenty dollar carts. You know those are the orders Absolutely. you're you're taking in that you really better hope that that those folks are coming back. So uh, you know, and they don't often come back on their own. <laughs> you have to that's keep right. them involved. You have to nurture that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with that. You know, I, I think that that's almost in some cases more important than the big ticket items, you know, where, yeah, you know, you're uh, I often use, you know, mattresses as the example, you know, so you sell them the mattress. Are they going to, you know, those last a long time, hopefully, uh, you know, yeah, maybe you could sell them some sheets, some pillows, some, you know, some accoutrement to go with it. But, yeah. <laughs> but you've really sold your big ticket item at that point. You know, then you've got to get creative if you want to do any more with it. So, uh, you know, there, you know, if you can do anything with, with uh, any kind of abandonment, you know, anything to keep them in the sales funnel is, is gold. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. And I, it, to, talking about the high OV side, so luxury, it's not, you know, it's definitely not the core average client. I would say apparel works incredibly well with SMS, FMB, a lot, a lot of sub verticals, but. Let's take jewelry, for example. The typical sales cycle on that can be either longer or it's super personalized. And that's where we see this vision of definitely conversational, but how can we create very personalized messaging to get that prospective client over the hump? That's what SMS enables you to do. Whether it's literally real-time human engagement or semi what we call semi-automated engagement, where we know the profile of the customer, we know what they're interested in. How can we automate those, you know, kind of re-engagement messages uh, to them? Uh, it works as well as just brand awareness. So really, it's hard for me to think of a, a brand or a use case where SMS isn't going to be effective in some way. And it may not always be about the immediate sale, you know. So Correct. I don't get whether you're, you know, I'll think automotive for a second. Whether you're Jeep or Harley Davidson, you've got back to you know diehard customers. <laughs> you've got folks that will show up for. You know, for all, all kinds of events and things locally that that will turn out uh, with other folks that are, are really you know fans and supporters of the brand that are owners of of the product lines, and you know you'll get you know other folks that really you know that are buying from Tom's Shoes or Patagonia or other you know other companies that do a lot of um, you know a lot of good public works and things, and that they've got lots of content that will keep people interested and engaged with the brand as well. Sometimes it's about making sure that when it is time for the next purchase, that you're top of mind. And, you know, it's not always about that immediate. But if you have that that data to understand, you know, to segment based on their location, based on their purchasing history, based on other things to hit them with the right messages and not just, 
you know, send your entire customer database the exact same, you know, the, the same communication, you can do something special with it. So I, I think that we'll probably see more of that heading into e-commerce as we go. I can think of very few brands that I know that are doing that particularly well, uh, specifically through through SMS. But um, I know you mentioned the Star Wars uh, case study for that, those products uh, hitting with a particular merchant. Do you have any other favorites that come to mind? Any really you know merchants that are doing this really well or campaigns that have gone better than someone might have expected? Yeah, I think what we're seeing a lot, this is kind of a generalized case study, but we have one client in particular who's seeing a thousand XROAS on this is um, the quiz-based kind of flows we're seeing nowadays, where it's personalized, you fill out your variables, and then you get a, a personalized results. It almost seems trivial, but with Voyage, you can uh, send a follow-up message with that personalized kind of quiz results uh, with the custom flow that goes on the website. And it feels very connected and personalized. Uh, and when you have that final call to action, here's your product that's personalized based on your quiz. We're seeing literally that client seeing a thousand x ROAS on that drip. Uh, wow. So that's autopilot for them. Um, they couldn't achieve this on other systems, or they could, but the way you can do it with Voyage is very much set up where you can do it in minutes to set it up. And that's kind of what we try to prioritize: is really this flexibility, ingesting data from any source, kind of this uh, quote unquote source agnosticism or platform agnosticism. You know, we're not just Shopify only. We're very thoughtful about big commerce, Magento, custom text stacks, any CRM. Uh, that's where we see really exciting kind of case studies and use cases. Uh, the other one uh, is another client that sells um, um, candles. I didn't want to, I, I want to keep it anonymous, although I'm sure they'd be happy if I'm giving them a, a shout out, but um, they've done a really good job uh, recently uh, exploring our um, conversational commerce feature and the amount of customer delight they're creating where someone abandons a cart and they're reaching out to say, hey, how can we help you? Uh, it's just incredible the kind of responses we're getting. And you know, as a marketer, what KPI does that hit? Of course, it's about KPIs and metrics, but we firmly know that we're increasing customer NPS and that loyalty to the brand. Um, another thing this, this client's doing very well is the creatives um, that we actually help with uh, our clients, uh, we help design for our clients on their top of funnel list building. On that alone, I think 50% of their SMS revenues come from just that design modal that's on brand. And we've A-B tested iterations and iterations. It's every little impact, I mean, a driver of you know six figures in revenue for a client. Uh, so that's something that we really believe in is how do we design custom, you know, very relevant campaigning based on your brand and your strategy and what your goals are. Uh, and the creativity and kind of the customization that we believe in is, is, is definitely driven significant results. That's interesting. I got flashbacks from a few of our previous episodes <laughs> just now. One of them um, that came to mind, we talked about sending personalized videos. And obviously, you know, the, the video has to be sent through a medium. I'm sure SMS would be a great one. But the ability to be there, you know, with the shopper, letting them see you packing up the order, or thanking them for it and asking them for review, things like that, adding that personal touch, tremendous responses. Uh, you know, and the same thing, uh, we had a, another episode a few months back where we, we looked at, as opposed to trying to have AI figure out uh, everything about the shopper, 
giving them that quiz on the website and just asking them some relevant questions so that you knew what products they'd be interested in and you know how simple is that and that ch- for a lot of types of products i mean if you know imagine you know beauty products i mean but that's just an example there are lots of kinds that the shopper will tell you in automotive they'll tell you what kind of car that they have so that you can pair them with products that are going to match they don't want to be looking at you know at, at 100,000 SKUs in your website uh, you know they want to be looking at the 500 that are applicable so i think that some of these things <laughs> you know folks just haven't necessarily thought about how to apply it to their industry or to their website but that there are a lot of great opportunities to then take that data and you know th- then it's about stage 2 it's about how do you utilize it well you know if you just get stuck in their email box where they're not opening anything you may not see the ROAS. You may, you know, the, the return on, on that effort may not be exactly what you're looking for. I, I'm going to touch on something that, that, you know, I'll go back to something else that you said. Uh, you mentioned how you integrate with, you know, Magento and BigCommerce and Shopify and, and this, that, and the other. I had noticed um, when I was doing a little research before uh, today's taping, <laughs> you've got a lot of integrations with other systems above and beyond the e-commerce platforms. And I'm a partnership guy, so I always I'm taking note of who's, you know, what does your ecosystem look like? And you know, I noticed companies like um, you know, Gorgeous and Recharge and Just Uno and Privy and uh and even, you know, folks like Clavio uh that have that that email channel done pretty well and, and may even touch on on some of the text messaging. Um, but don't necessarily uh, compete with everything that you're able to bring to the table with that. How, you know, how important do you see those things? I would imagine for platforms like Recharge, where you're dealing with, you know, folks that have recurring subscriptions or, um, you know, Gorgeous, where maybe they're dealing with some kind of, um, I don't know, customer service issues or, or other things. You know, is it, really about unifying the communications through the channel uh, so that the shoppers are are getting everything through this one uh, one channel cohesively what is the the major goal of building out the partner ecosystem that you've been working on yeah we firmly believe in an open ecosystem kind of open api philosophy and i think there's a couple of themes that come across maybe a few it's how do we ingest data from kind of any source so that you can better segment and personalize your messaging. Um, and also, how can you streamline the communication on one thread with the customer? So for let's take an example like Gorgeous, which is a customer service platform. Suppose a text shopper who received a campaign um, places an order and then they say something like, where's my order? Um, you could do that through our Voyage panel, but we also integrate. Suppose you want your kind of main source to be uh, Gorgeous. Um, we actually create a ticket in that system via text that connects you to an agent where the agent can respond from gorgeous, but the response comes through that same phone number. So you have this cohesive experience on one platform. The other side I talked about was data. So we really think of data in two flavors. One is events. So something a user did and an attribute, something about a user. Both of those are true with these integrations. So whether it's a CDP, uh, let's just say a custom CRM that we can integrate with uh, because of our API structure, we're bringing in custom attributes that you can either pull into the messaging itself, like high, you know, first name, something more clever than that. Uh, we have a dog company, a dog pet food company that's a specific species of breed of dog, excuse me, not species, a uh, breed of dog where you can pull that into the messaging. 
so that's very powerful. We can kind of increase this personalization, but also triggering uh, messaging as well. So the drip side, for example, if someone signed up uh, to be a recharge subscriber, uh, allowing them to schedule a drip that notifies them of an upcoming order and then including a link to manage their subscription. Uh, the other use case I love is product reviews. So right now we, you know, have integrations with a couple of product review platforms. Post purchase scheduling a drip, let's say three days after, how would you rate this product? And sending them to a link. The eventual goal in the very near term future is even collecting that review via text, so you don't even have to go back to the platform, storing it on the platform, creating an incentive loop uh, that way for that for that review. Um, but the, really, the opportunities are endless and. It's all about creating this very seamless customer experience that's rel- very relevant for the customer as well. That's interesting. And, you know, I, as you're talking a little bit about um, recharge and uh, notifying the shopper before that renewal, before the, the subscription for, let's say, that month of supplements or whatever it might be, triggers that, that they get that notification, that advanced warning, let's say, you know, that uh, we're going to be shipping out this month's order, whatever, you know, gift of the month club, uh, you know, one of those, you know, box things, whatever it might be. I, one of the biggest failures that I've seen from some of those subscription companies is making it hard to cancel or pause or, hey, look, you know, I'm going to be traveling this month. I don't, you know, uh, I don't need that right now. I'm not even going to be here for it, that kind of thing. Um, because everybody just calls the credit card company and, uh, and files some form of, you know, stop, charge back, et cetera. You know, and at that point, uh, you know, these merchants always get dinged and it winds up costing them more and more, not just in fees, but, uh, you know, upfront fees for, you know, chargebacks and things, but, uh, costs them more because they become a higher risk merchant over time. And so, you know, it's always surprising how some of these things that you you had a, a good customer, you could have left on reasonable terms, <laughs> but, uh, you know, everything went kablooey at the last minute. Uh, you want to be that company that's, uh, you know, that people feel good about, that they trust, that they uh, that they want to recommend, that they want to come back to. That makes everything quick and easy. Uh, you know, I, I like that idea of that one string of you get the text message that says here, you know, the order is shipped. Here's your tracking number, and then when it doesn't show up, you could just write back to that same uh, message. And you know, it's not a, it's not coming from, you know, no reply at whatever email like normal, and you've got to jump through hoops to figure out who how to context. But it's going to go right into gorgeous or whatever there. Uh, their ticket system is whatever their their customer relationship management software is. It's, you know, it's a nice thought about how we can all <laughs> work together and and bring a little bit of humanity back into the process. Um, so, you know, we've talked about a lot of ways that you can do things right. I'm sure that you've talked to merchants and seen merchants that have failed at this. Um, do you, do you have any thoughts around that? Have you seen any patterns where merchants did this poorly? Uh, I'll, and I'll, I'll say to make it a little bit harder, above and beyond simply just sending out too many texts or, or batch and blast, but maybe they underutilized the platform or you know they, they weren't 
they weren't doing some other things in particular more that um, where is it that a lot of people that have tried SMS, in your opinion, have failed so far, have come up short? Yeah, I think a couple of things. Treating SMS like email, which I guess kind of fits your theme of, of overblasting maybe, but I think understanding it is a different channel and the intimacy of it. Um, it's really investing in even the top of funnel seriousness, so that welcome flow. Ultimately, you can't text numbers that you don't have. And so we always harp on this, you know, create your maximum addressable audience and then you can segment later and target later. But first, just kind of uh, get your net wide. And, and that's kind of the goal uh, there. So just really getting that down. And that really starts... The primary way is really that modal um, where you're giving the user the option to go either SMS only or SMS or email. Uh, but that's very important. I would say setting up your drips. So like your high intense browse abandoned, abandoned cart. Uh, if you don't get those activated, you're under basically going to see lower ROAS than you possibly would, which creates this feedback loop of SMS is working when I see you know ten plus X ROAS at a baseline. Um, so those are those are the few common themes I would say, and I would say it's the responsibility at the same time. It's the responsibility of us as the platform, um, and this is something that definitely drives the way we both design the products as well as our service model. It's how to educate the client uh, specific to their vertical and their business. And I think that's what's lacking a little bit in the market right now. It's the specificity of, okay, this is your brand. This is a very specific brand. You may have different goals. You have a different products. How do we cultivate your SMS program specific to your goals? And through product design, of course, we want to encourage good behavior. So you alluded to, yes, we're building tools to basically reduce the friction for a customer to take an action they likely want to do. Ultimately, it's up to the brand on whether they want to you know, make that possible. So the brand has a schedule of the drip to say, you can cancel your subscription. It's up to the brand's their choice. But it's our job. We see it as our job to encourage the brand to be as successful as possible based on what we've seen otherwise. So I think it's just scaling these best practices um, with the flexibility that's possible. But really, you know, understanding that it's not one flavor fits all uh, for SMS programs and um, taking advantage of everything that there is in an SMS platform, which is really a lot. That's interesting. Uh, I guess one of the challenges that that you've suggested uh, is that you know everyone that's already up and running, they come to the table with an email list, but they might not have opt-in data to be able to send SMS messages. And so they're just going to have to, you know, continue to build that, uh, that campaign, build that practice. Um, and so there's, there's a bit of a, a ramp up, I imagine. Have you actually run into any merchants that have had issues with the opposite of maybe not waiting <laughs> and, uh, and abusing data a bit? Um, you know, have, have you seen anyone, you know, in any way dinged or, you know, get a, a bit of a black eye um, because they didn't follow well the rules in this case. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great question. It's something we take very seriously. So, in general, one thing we really you know internally take take seriously and think is a differentiator is we really think for ourselves or want to be a partner to the company and the brand, uh, not not just a tool. Uh, so, with that, you know, while the brand is ultimately taking the risk for you know the just regulatory uh, landscape uh, we take it seriously that we're protecting the brand from 
misusing um, uh, the SMS channel. And so how we do that literally is we have safeguards in the products where, for example, you can't send a text off hours. Uh, we automatically enable double, what's called double opt-in for certain list building campaigns. So you, you, you're, you're not at risk of violating the rules. So we've really prioritized our compliance program and it is a big deal um, because if a brand, for example, sends a message at 2 a.m. by accident, they can get charged up to $1,500 per text. So imagine sending that to 100,000 subscriber list and there is historical precedence for this. Um, that would be a really bad day for a market. Yeah, that's right. And all it takes is one click, but obviously you want a platform that takes compliance seriously. Uh, I would say it's gotten better in terms of the, the crackdown on these platforms, but I was surprised a year ago even to see some SMS tools, which kind of were very laissez-faire about this. And maybe the brand doesn't know because they see the ROIS and they, you know, obviously it's attractive to generate revenue, but it's on the industry and the marketing technology side, in my opinion, to really protect uh, the brand from misusing uh, the channel in a non-compliant way. Another example we do is we actually... This is a trade-off, of course, but uh, if someone switch o- switches over from another platform, uh, we need to validate the list. Uh, again, it's not self- you can't just self-upload it. We need to look through it and understand where it came from because um, so we're protecting the brand. Because if, if it's numbers that were not properly opted in with the right consent and messaging, uh, mm-hmm. we're not going to really uh, allow that um, because it's, you know, obviously... The brand's going to absorb the penalty, but we know it's in their best interests, and uh, we don't want to create any sort of risk or liability for them. Interesting. So there's some landmines to the left and right. You've you've paved a path, and you've put up some some fences and some safety rails and things yeah. to make sure that <laughs> that no one goes for a stroll, tries to have a picnic among the landmines. Uh, I've I've seen some brands take on more risk than, than I, I would have ever liked when it comes to security and, and other things, you know, that you know, marketing is often, you know, somewhere where they're more adventurous, where, you know, they want to invest more heavily and be cutting edge. That's somewhere where they're going to get a return on their spend. Security is more of cost of business, you know, so there are those kinds of areas that sometimes get left behind. And, there's the in-between, you know, I, I wind up having a lot of conversations about loading speed optimization, what have you, which absolutely impacts conversion rates and impacts, uh, you know, uh, even, you know, your ability to drive certain traffic in terms of your SEO rankings and your, your Google ads and, uh, and other places that you're driving tra- traffic from that are going to use your loading speed as part of their algorithm. But, you know, getting that message across in a way that, look, you know, you can spend X to get Y and you're going to be, again, delighting your shoppers and making them happier and providing better experiences and, and you're going to be all the better for it. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot of the challenge is always uh, that folks in e-commerce are pulled in a lot of different directions. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, and so just getting them to really stop, take notice of this is a, an opportunity here to really operate effectively, efficiently to scale and grow. And this is going to be, you know, this should be part of the the one year, the, the five year plan. <laughs> Hard to plan five years out in tech. But, um, but you know, th- this is something that we see being important for our future. Uh, I would imagine that a lot of folks, if they were stacking up the marketing and communications uh, end of the deck, <laughs> that, uh, that SMS would absolutely make sense. In that respect, uh, 
Rip, you've been really generous with your time today. Before we wrap it up for the day, um, any final words of wisdom, any, uh, <laughs> anything that you want to impart on our listeners that we haven't touched on yet? I really appreciate uh, the time. It's been so fun, Robert. And I think you, you, you again, summarized uh, kind of the broader theme about how we think about the world, which is SMS. Uh, yes, it's a channel, but this is a key part of mobile strategy. And we see the world continue to evolve to this mobile environment. Um, and like I said, at Voyage, it's not only about how do we leverage SMS marketing. It's really how do we move along with the future to provide an outlet for customers to engage brands the way they want to. And our hypothesis that's been proven over and over again is customers want to engage brands in various ways through messaging channels. Um, and really, we're just scratching the surface in terms of innovation in this channel, uh, what we can do with personalized product recommendations uh, through you know, predictive targeting on when a person wants to hear about something uh, that's really not even in the market yet. And that's what we're building and so excited about at, at Voyage. Um, so that's, you know, what we are, what drives us every day. Uh, we're a product driven company that loves listening to our clients and sh- shapes our roadmap. And we're just very excited for the future and how commerce is going to evolve uh, online and offline. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining today uh, for our listeners. Uh, and viewers, uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll have more great content like this for you soon. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and happy sailing out there. Thanks for listening to the JetRails podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We also post full videos of most episodes on the JetRails YouTube and Facebook channels. You can find links at jetrails.com forward slash podcast. Have questions about an episode? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover in the future? We're at JetRails on LinkedIn and Twitter. Do you want to sponsor this podcast? Sorry, but we're committed to ad-free listening. We are, however, always looking for guests that our listeners will benefit from. And don't forget to like the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It's a small ask, but it's a big help. We appreciate it, and more importantly, we appreciate you.